Welcome to another edition of UCBS on Times Live. There's so much happening in the body politic. Some of you may not even be aware that our biggest opposition party, the Democratic Alliance, will soon be having its own elective conference. That too matters because given the shenanigans of the ANC or our general commitment to competitive politics in a democracy, it is important to have alternatives to the government of the day. That in part requires strong, effective, attractive leadership in the opposition benches. And so the question of who becomes or remains the leader of the Democratic Alliance should be of some interest to the public, certainly if you are an engaged Democrat yourself, which I know that you are as a listener to this podcast. To that end, I have invited the now former executive mayor of Johannesburg, Dr. Mpo Palace, to join me, not in her capacity as former mayor, but as someone who aspires to be the leader of the DA, and she's going head to head against the incumbent leader, John Steenhuisen. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people zone, their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And then they share that zone. No, I'm not going to apologize. Can I have my iPad, please? So they stole it. Paul, thank you so much for making time for us. I know that you're extremely busy and we appreciate it at Times Live. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting. Have you had enough of politics? Because surely going against John is the equivalent of resigning. Why do you think that? What are your chances of winning? Surely there's a better chance of load shedding coming to an end because you need a bunch of things in place, such as a massive constituency outside of Gauteng, Provincial leaders that may back you, familiarity and name recognition, not just in Jersey. Do you have those basics in place if we are real about it? I've been approached since last year. In fact, when I was first approached, it wasn't even by the people in Johannesburg. It was from another province. Ever since I've made my announcement, and I took a bit of time before I could decide, um, I've received messages from provinces like Limpopo, Pumalanga, the Free State, um, various others, where people are saying, we are behind you, you know, go for it. We need a change in our party. There is a growing discontent in, in internally in the Democratic Alliance. There's a growing sense that the current leadership is not the leadership we need to take us into the 2024 general election. There's a recognition that this is a very important and a historic election in the sense that for the first time since 1994, we're likely to see the ANC go below 50%. And what we do with that opportunity is important as a party. It cannot be business as usual. We need to introspect and we need to say, how are we looking in terms of our um, ability to attract 
um, the, the electorate from various uh, groupings, population groupings in the country to give us a mandate to take this country forward post-2024. And this, my putting my hand up, is not about the Democratic Alliance only. Yes, it's about the Democratic Alliance positioning itself better to play a leading role in the post-2024 politics of this country, but it's also about the survival of South Africa. Many South Africans are tired of the ANC government. Um, there's agreement across the board by even ANC members who, by the way, also encourage me to put my hand up because they see the Democratic Alliance as a viable alternative under a, a different leadership. And, and people are looking for alternatives. ANC members are looking for alternatives. People that are in different political parties are looking for an alternative government post the, 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 the ANC era. And this is really about saying, Democratic Alliance, you've got an opportunity ahead of you. Don't squander it. Have the right leadership in place that is likely to attract. Okay, can I come back in here and prevent a soliloquy? There's the question of how you're going to deal with the ANC, but that only comes into play if you are the actual leader. So I want us to focus on that, Mpo. You said something fascinating in the first part of your response, that some are of the view that the current leadership is not the right leadership to take you into the 2024 elections as far as the DA is concerned. Who holds that view and what exactly is that view? It's people from different corners, people within the DA, people outside the Democratic Alliance, people in other political parties. Um, some of our coalition partners who have been trying to work with the DA have said to me explicitly that we, we are really getting frustrated working with the DA under the current leadership. And we believe that with a different leadership, we'll have a better chance at a working coalition with the Democratic Alliance. So whether it's within the DA or outside the Democratic Alliance, the feeling is that there needs to be a change in leadership in order for the DA to be part of a viable, uh, possibly, coalition government post-2024. We've seen coalition governments um, across the country in municipalities. They are unstable. They're fragile at best. Our mayors are in today, out tomorrow, back in again. Our residents are suffering. And in, in all of this, there's been a resounding voice that, you know, that the DA needs to be more flexible, that the DA needs to be more collaborative within a coalition context and so on. And, and those are really the sentiments that are coming through. From the voters, there remains this trust deficit, which I spoke about in my announcement. Okay, just hold on one second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When we say the DA leadership possibly retards effective coalitions, or more broadly, that the DA leadership that is currently in place may not be the best to lead the party in terms of maximizing its chances next year. Which individuals do you have in mind when you say the DA leadership? That's very vague. Can you be precise? Well, I've had to interface as mayor with our leaders, so the federal leader, the federal chairperson, as well as the FedEx, which is the highest decision-making body of the party, where I found myself frustrated um, on more than one occasion, where I felt like we're just not hearing each other, we're just not on the same page, um, we're not being understood, and our residents are unfortunately at the receiving end of whatever is dished out from above. I believe that the DA needs to adopt a more bottom-up approach in decision-making, that there needs to be more consultation and, and a greater recognition that times have changed. Uh, we, we, we're not governing in majority anymore. Uh, we are governing in coalition. We're governing with other parties. And how we conduct ourselves in those, in those formations is very important for the health of our governments going forward. 
How do you evaluate the current leader's term thus far? John Stienhuizen, is he an excellent leader? I wouldn't say he's an excellent leader. I think he's done the best he can, um, you know, within his capacity. I do think, however, that we've seen more complex governments um, birthed out of the 2021 local government election. Um, John became an interim leader in 2019. In 2020, he was voted in as the leader, and and it was it was good for that time. But we've seen developments that really require some expertise, which, in my view, John may not necessarily possess. The fact that he has never been in government at all and the fact that he has to provide leadership to governments that are very complex, um, it is for me, it's a challenge. It's potentially a shortcoming that could be a risk for us going forward. So I don't think that he's a terrible leader. I do believe, however, that for the dispensation that we're in, there are certain qualities that we require in, in the leadership of the party that he may not necessarily possess. And of course, there are different roles one can play in the party. Out of interest, stepping back from the detail that we decided to dive into from the get-go, what do you think is the job description of an effective leader of the DA nationally? The first thing to do is to be very honest and introspect on where the DA is without being defensive, um, listening to the people on the ground. You need to evaluate your growth very realistically, again, without being defensive. You need to look at markets that you are not penetrating very realistically as to why you're not penetrating those markets. You need to be able to look at what needs to happen to give you a better chance of governing at a national level. And and having introspected, you then need to look at areas where you may need to self-correct to better your chances of being trusted by the masses. And as a leader, I believe leadership is influence. You should be able to communicate that uh, throughout the the party. You should be able to mobilize all all party members to see the vision uh, of, of a growing democratic alliance, a vibrant, trusted democratic alliance that can take South Africa forward. And you should be able to lead that that sort of transformation. There was an attempt at introspection. There was a little troika set up, a report flowed out of that. Some key findings came out of it, including the ineffectiveness as the three members of the panel had seen it and analyzed it of some of the leadership at the time. There was a recognition or at least a diagnostic conclusion that the party had not put forward a crystal clear proposition to the electorate, that it dithered because it was trying to please everyone in a diverse demographic of voters. And since then, the party has tried to be more cohesive, to be clearer, and to be more single-minded in terms of what goals it set for itself, cutting losses, so that you can be a clear alternative to the ANC. And Tony Leon, of course, was one of the authors of that report. How do you see, with the passage of time, that self-examination and subsequent behavior having played out? Well, here's the thing. Um, If we're going to govern, we need to be able to attract the majority of South Africans. 
and we cannot um, ignore the masses in South Africa because that's the only way we can govern. So if we're happy being a 20% party, um, then you know we have very little chance of being the government of the future in South Africa. We may govern in a coalition with a very small voice uh, and, and so on and so forth. And we've seen coalitions are very complex. I think even if we are in, in coalition, in a, in a coalition governance framework at the moment, I think we should aspire towards a future where we have fewer parties in charge. Um, I've been in charge of a very complex coalition in the city of Johannesburg. I would have loved for it to work, but I've seen that it really gets very complex, you know, with the more parties that you have on board. And, and the Democratic Alliance needs to aspire towards real growth, and that growth can only come if we identify ourselves with the masses. Now, if you look at the demographics in South Africa, it means that getting into we're getting into rural communities, we're getting into um, informal settlements and, and various other parts of the of, of our country that would be able to give us the kind of mandate we need to take South Africa forward. So I, I, I find it very self-limiting, and I know that some of our leaders who have left, uh, I had a conversation, for instance, with Bongani Baloi after he left, and I said, why did you leave? And he said, I'm not happy to be part of a, a 20% party. And so a growth and being part of a winning party is important to many of our leaders in, in various ranks within the party. And I think that's something that the DA needs to take very seriously. I do believe South Africa needs the Democratic Alliance. We've got a proven track record of good governance. And, and I know that we can take South Africa forward, but without the mandate of the majority of South Africans, we will not be able to do so. Does John Stianazen not have a deep commitment to getting more than 20%. And surely he resonates with South Africans in rural areas and of all backgrounds, no? That's not the feedback that I'm getting on the ground. Um, the feedback on the ground is that many people are saying they cannot relate. And it's not even along racial lines. I'm talking about white people who are saying we don't believe that this is the right person to take the Democratic Alliance forward. Um, I certainly don't get the sense that, that John is connected with um, the people in rural areas, with the people in informal settlements. So that's not the sense that I get. I certainly get that sense from a Chris Pappas, for instance, or even an Alan Windy, for instance. Um, and and that's a, there's a fundamental difference. And I make that that contrast because I don't want this to be about race. Uh, it's not about a black leader versus a white leader. It's really about you know being connected and understanding and being invested in the plight of the majority of South Africans so that they can trust you to be their leader and to take them into the post 2024 politics of this country. But what is, what is your what is your source for these claims? Well, like you I keep be using the passive voice. Sources tell me these vague things. The one thing your party is very good at it, it has been whatever critics might say is that you have very good data driven internal polling to try and understand. It's not a perfect science, but to try as best you can what sentiment is actually being expressed in a bottom-up manner, as you correctly said, Mpo. You've essentially critiqued your current pop leadership as being out of touch with the masses. But I want to ask you this question. What is the robust data sources for that evaluation? If you're talking about our internal polls, um, I'm not one to rely too much on internal polling. I mean, from a, a research point of view, once you are the subject and the commissioner of a study, already that introduces a certain level of bias. And, you know, until I've really been able to critique the methodology and ask the right questions, it's not something that I can really go on. Uh, but, you know, I think we can all agree that the day is not growing as fast as it could, given its, its 
its brand of good governance. Um, I, I think we can all agree we could grow much better because a lot of South Africans are tired of poor service delivery. Um, they should be able to adopt uh, a dear government in all corners of the country. In most places where we govern now, we govern in fragile, vulnerable coalitions. And that says that we are vulnerable ourselves and we should introspect and look at how we can grow better. Okay, third last question before I let you go, because I promise your team I won't keep you for more than 20 minutes or so. Third last question. If we agree for argument's sake that connectivity is key to growth, then it's a case of we're comparing what's available and whose names are in the hat with upsides and downsides. If I was to take you to the middle of the colored townships of Rebecca, or we put you in the middle of Durban or on the Cape Flats. I mean, if I was a betting person, I would have to say the masses that you have invoked in this exchange between us and Paul, I mean, I love you to bits. I love your brain. I think you're a great South African. But the masses would be more responsive to John than to you. Surely you agree. I don't share that sentiment because that's not the feedback I'm getting on the ground. Um, I mean, I said to you earlier that the people who approached me initially were not even from Gauteng. They were from outside. They were from some of the areas that you're talking about. Um, there is a, a general sense within the party that we we, we need an, an alternative to John to take the party forward. Okay, then second last question, and I'm sorry we didn't start here, but you understand that leadership contests are leadership contests. Obviously, and if you were to become party leader, I would engage you from this point on in the first instance. The leadership is also about policies, about ideas, about vision. I want to give you two or three minutes uninterrupted, and it doesn't have to be minutiae, to tell me, personality aside, you become leader what is your conceptualization of the place ideologically or in terms of signature policy of the DA entering the contestation in 2024? So I'm going to... Because presumably yeah. it is not, it, it can't be, we're not the ANC. That's a very thin basis. Absolutely. I'm going to publish my manifesto, so I'm not there yet. I mean, I've not made it public yet. But here's what I can say. Uh, from a policy standpoint, I can tell you now that the DA has some really phenomenal policy offerings. When I was making my decision to join politics in 2015, I looked at policies. And one of the things that attracted me to the DA, besides Musi as leader at the time, were the policies in the Democratic Alliance. What I find, however, is that when I have conversations with, with the people that these policies were crafted for, they, they very poorly understood, and I get the sense that they were not properly workshopped with, with, with the people they were crafted for, and that they often misunderstood, uh, and, and that they're not really eliciting the kind of response from, from, from the masses that we would have liked. Um, I would like to see a position where the DA goes into all communities with their policy offering, workshops them with an open mind, so that if there are still reservations, even after having workshopped them, we're able to, at the next opportunity, to to review our policies, uh, take those into consideration and, and be truly representative of the people that we would like to give us a mandate to govern. Last question. An interview like this, Mpo, is always double-edged because you know that secretly you're speaking to the entire country. But for purposes of the immediate short-term goal, the most important person you're speaking to through me and our platform is the person who has 
voting power in the in the leadership contest. And I want to ask you a question about how that person may react to some of your critique. What do you say to someone who says, Paul has just revealed that she's not a politician, man, you see this. Her heart's in the right place. She's a definitely a servant leader, as she had correctly said the other day at Cliptown. But here's the problem. In politics, you've got to be a team player. You've got to be disciplined. When she is moaning about FedEx, she's maligning me as a provincial leader in the Eastern Cape, in the Free State, in Natal, because I'm part of that very structure. If she is saying that we don't connect with the masses and we only want 20%, and we're not really listening in a bottom-up manner. She's maligning me who've been in this party 30 years more than her as someone who's worked long and hard in communities around Jersey long before she joined in 2015. Those people may be annoyed by what they see as you being a maverick, even if non-traditional DA voters love you when you appear on TV? A good team player is one who would point out blind spots to the rest of the team. And that's how I see myself. Every time I speak to people in the Democratic Alliance, actually, whatever I have to say is, 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 is exactly what they would love to say, but they're not saying. Um, I've seen that there's a lot of fear in the party, fear of marginalization, of victimization. A lot of people would like to say things and they're not saying them. And as soon as one person stands up and says, this is why I think we're not growing in certain areas, um, they then say, we we see it. We see it, but we, we, were, we were not going to say it before you've said it. So you'd be surprised how many people actually say, share my, my sentiments. I actually don't think that I'm going to need to do a lot to convince people in the Congress, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not being a maverick here. I'm saying, hey, I think we're great. And I think we could potentially take this country places, but here's this thing that's standing between us and that opportunity. If we can just address it, uh, we'll have a better chance of taking this country forward. That's how I see my contribution. So no, I don't think being a team player means um, um, not exposing blind spots in your team. I'm grateful for your engagement and for all the best with your campaign. And thanks so much for coming and engaging me on Times Live. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you, Eusebius. Always great chatting to you.